You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Once again, open your Bible. It's Psalm 115. How many you came with the intention of increasing? Hallelujah. See, we are people that want everything that God has for us. We are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power to salvation. And that's not just to get you out of hell into heaven. It means God saved us for the intention that he had right in the beginning in the garden. And we saw this morning how God, after he created man, blessed him and gave him every provision he could ever imagine. God said, and not only has he blessed him, but he gave him seed for provision. Everybody say seed for provision. God never intended for you to labor, sweat, and toil for your provision. Uh, he, he, He never intended for you to struggle for your provision. Hallelujah. Now, did I say you don't have to work? No, I didn't say that. We still work. We put in what we need to do, but that's for the purpose of manifesting, developing the gift that's within us, So that we can be the blessing to transform our nation, transform our community, transform the lives of those around us. We saw this morning how God had blessed Abraham and said, I blessed you to be a blessing. And so when I go out into whatever I'm doing as part of my life, whatever my calling is, whatever you are doing, it's with the intention of contributing into society the giftings of God. That we can cause our area that we're in to once again manifest and demonstrate the Garden of Eden. Because right in the beginning, God had already set them up for provision. Now the thing that I pointed out and I want you to get a hold of again tonight is that God does not give you a pile of food. He doesn't say, look, Adam, there's all your food for today and you can go eat it. And when you go to sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow, it'll be there again. Now, he did that in the wilderness for the children of Israel, but he was showing them that as their provision, but you notice when they went into the promised land, the manna stopped. You see, when you're a baby, mom will feed you. But somewhere you have to grow up And recognize that you have the capacity to produce your own food, your own increase, your own income. God designed for you to enjoy this earth and to enjoy all that he's created. And he's given you the power, the tools, the means to produce it. And he's put that in your hand. And notice the Bible says in Psalm 115, may the Lord, verse 14, give you what? Now who gives it? The Lord. Now, obviously, that's his intention. And so the enemy would try to talk you out of that and put all kinds of weird religious stuff on you and make us feel guilty about wanting to increase. And I refused to be caught up by that. I used to, but I had my mind renewed. And I saw many, many scriptures like this, that the Lord will give you increase. How much? And how much? And you notice that's like an ongoing statement. The Lord will increase you more and more. And so that's, that, that is a cyclical statement because every time you increase, he'll increase you more. And when that's happened, he'll increase you and more. And so you've increased, yes? And so every time you read that verse, it's going to keep saying the same thing. 
And so I don't know about you, but I started and I started increasing and I'm happy with it. And I'm you say, amen. Have you seen any kind of increase in your life? Are you done? No, there's still more. And when that's done, there's more. You see, just, just throw off all the, the little instant, instant, ah, no, but would people think, what will people say? Don't worry about that. Amen. I've said it before. People try and talk me out of it all the time. But I'll show you tonight why that is. And I want to renew your mind to it so that when it does happen in your life, you're able to throw that off. Hallelujah. You don't have to feel guilty about it. How many are you quite confident to say you're born again and you're going to heaven? How can you say that? Because the Spirit's spoken to you and He's told you you're a child of God. Isn't that right? How many of you can confidently pray in tongues? There was a day you were nervous about that. You know, some of us, you know, is that the devil? Is that what? Come on. We all had religious ideas like dancing and clapping. I, I was brought up in a church that didn't even have an organ, not, no instruments. And so when I was introduced to instruments, I was like, what? In a church? It's not a disco? And then I found out that the music was God's idea. Hello. So the enemy tries to hijack it. No, 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 no. Get it back in the church. This is where we dance. This is where we worship God. This is where we, 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 we praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you confident to lay hands on the sick, knowing they'll recover? So we need to be confident with increase, just the same way. Amen. Uh, as you know, Joshua went in for a procedure, and when we went in and we went to go pick him up, there was a young man in the bed next to us, and the curtain was closed. There was like six or seven personnel in there, and this, this young boy was crying, but crying. And the, I mean, you could hear that intense, like he was in a lot of pain, a lot of agony. I couldn't do anything from that moment. I'm like, I mean, I've come for my son to take him home. And I'm like, that boy needs help right now. And, and you can see it's all closed and they're in and out. And they're trying to keep it private. I pop my head in. And I, and I said, would you mind if I came to pray for him? And they, they said, you're not sure, come in. They, they might have thought, because you'll see now, they might have thought I was the father. Because... <laughs> Because I, I went up to the boy and I said, now, do you mind if I pray for you? He said, I can't even talk. I said, you don't say anything. I'm praying. I'm praying. And so he, he said, and his head's doing this. I said, just shake it. Do you mind or not mind? He goes. <laughs> so he said, do you ask me if I mind or? Yes. Do you mind? No, I don't mind. Okay. Now, we, now we're in agreement. See, I have to have him in agreement. Otherwise, it's useless me praying. So I said, let me pray for you. And I immediately prayed, released the anointing of God. And I wasn't even halfway through my prayer. And his whole body just relaxed. All the pain melted away. And he went quiet. See, now, now what am I saying? I wasn't embarrassed by that. I don't care who's in the room. Yes, someone hurting and God died to pay the price for that. I'm not going to stand there and wonder what people think, what will people say, and I don't know what his religion is. Is he even born again? Is he? Come on, that, that was all irrelevant because God saw a need right that moment and I had, I had it in me. So if it's in me, I'm going to deposit it. Amen. And so when I'm done and I said, well, praise God, now you're on the mend. You're going to quickly recover. And, and they was treating him. And so as I said, you, know, you, you stay strong now. And they go, are, are, you, are you going now? Are you going to stay? <laughs> I said, yes, this is my son here. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
So you see, God has His way of making sure you can get to do your assignment. And so what's in you, God has given you the capacity to distribute into the planet, into this earth. You are the voice of God. You are the hands of God. You are the gifting of God. And so when we increase, it's not just thinking about me. It's not just what can I get. You know, I would like to be a millionaire. Why? It's because there are churches to build. I want to be in a place where we decide we're going into a town and we don't have to wonder if we got the money for it or not. Just go ahead. Just If you find a building, buy it. But you don't know what the price is. I don't care. Just whatever he wants, pay him. Because we need that building right now. See, already people are nervous. You have to get to a place where you know that money is not the issue. Now, we're not foolish with it. But you also have to be in a place. If God says, I want you to go get one person saved, but it's going to cost 10 million rand, I'll put that on the table. Because what is 10 million rand compared to a soul going to hell for eternity? Jesus gave his entire life, his blood, he paid the price. He did it on his behalf. And if he can commit his entire life and his separation from the Father, then what's a few rand to get a person saved? Say amen. Amen. And so it is God's intention for you. 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many? All things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So this morning I introduced the concept of the thinking, how we are limited by that. Remember Abraham when uh, he was raising up his inheritance, he knew, the Bible spoke of him about being a very wealthy man. And then he, when God said, I'm going to increase you even more, it was almost like, what's the point? I don't have an heir. See, he understood The Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. This is generational. I said this is generational. What's that mean? If you think about generational wealth, it's that God blesses and increases you that when you are done on this planet, you haven't emptied your bank account. How many people have passed away and there's no inheritance, nothing left? You get some cufflinks and a tie. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? Now, I'm not, not criticizing anybody because not everybody knew the truth. But there is a blessing where the word says that the inheritance that you leave will go to your children's children. Your children's children. Come on. Proverbs 13, 22. That the good man leaves an inheritance to his children. So in other words, you will not exhaust your wealth so much so that your children can live off it and they won't exhaust it and it'll keep going in generations. And Abraham understood this. So he said, you, you, you say you're going to bless me, but for what purpose? Who am I going to leave it to? I've got this young man in my house and uh, I've called him an heir, but what about me? And God says, come, let me show you. He takes him outside and he shows him all the stars. He says, number them if you can. And you just imagine Abraham looking at that thing. Yeah, right. And God says, that's how I'm going to increase you. That's, you're going to have children. You're not going to be able to count them. Now, what's God doing? 
is changing the way he sees things because he had been focused on his own body. He'd been focused on his wife whose womb was dead. But God got his mind off him and onto a vision that was set before him. Uh, Why is this so important? Because you can only prosper to the limitation of what you believe. Now, I know we can sit in this room and say, I believe I'm a millionaire. Well, then why aren't you? I am, hallelujah. No, I'm talking about actual manifestation. Because technically, now I'm saying this because we have to be challenged in the area. I challenge myself with it all the time. Why has it not shown up yet? There's a belief system that keeps us from getting there. We only operate to the level of what we can believe. Hello. Even in the natural, you only run as fast as what you think you fit. Isn't that right? Why, why do some sprinters sprint the 100 meters in a few seconds? Because they believe they can. Amen. Another person won't even take off fast. What if I pull something? You see, they haven't been there yet. They're not testing that area. They haven't, they haven't trained for it. But if you want to win the Olympics, I'm going to have to push you faster than you did today. And then next week, I have to push you even faster. I have to keep saying, well, but it's hurting now. Do you want that medal or not? How are you getting what I'm saying? So again... This is a disclaimer. If you don't want to be a millionaire, just sit there and listen and you can teach someone else. But how many of you want to experience the fullness of what God has for you? Then we have to recognize that there's an adjustment that has to happen. Otherwise, we're always going to go back to what we feel comfortable with. Amen. Uh, The word's very clear on it. Look at Proverbs 23 verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you heard me say this morning, if you pull out a rubber band and you let it go, what happens? It goes back to its original shape. So if I stretched you and pulled you out into a prosperous place, got you in a nice house, lot, big job, lots of money, and put millions in the bank, just today, trigger you into that, but I haven't yet adjusted your mindset, you will snap right back to where you are today. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You're exactly where you right now today are thinking. (laughs) Oh, come on. You need to work with the coach now because otherwise I can't help you. Let me make it real plain. Did the devil make you wear the clothes you got today? Did your mother? You wearing what you chose. Now, mom may have made some adjustments. (laughs) You're not going out like that. But that's part of the coaching, isn't that right? Like Pastor Danny was saying, I'm not like that. What's she doing? She's she's, she's reprogramming. Because you got a a certain mindset. Uh-uh, not on my watch. Are you with me? But when you got up this afternoon, you went to your, cu- your, your cupboard and you chose those clothes. You can't say, I don't like this. I don't know why I went. Why am I? I really don't feel good. I don't feel comfortable. But you chose the clothes. You chose. Isn't that right? 
You, from the moment you woke up this morning, you made decisions. You decided what to eat. You decided what you're going to wear. You decided what cologne to put on. And you, everything you made the choices for. Isn't that right? You made choices. And those choices put you in that chair today. So your bank account balance is your choice. Oh no, no, the devil's attacking my finances. You've heard me say this before. Bring me those credit card slips. I want to see the signature. We don't do that so much today anymore, but you know, let's see what the devil's signature looks like. No money leaves your account unless you decide. It's illegal. I can't take money out of your account. I have to ask you for it and you decide yes or no. Yes? Everything that's in your house, you, you got it there. The car you drive, it's all choices. It's all decisions. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now I know this is talking, this particular in context was, you know, talking about a negative man, but it's still the truth. You reflect what you believe. I said you reflect what you believe. So we have to renew our mind that God wants you blessed. Have a look at Genesis 24 verse 34. And Abraham's servant said, The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. For God has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. Now family, that same blessings on your life. Doesn't the Bible say if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed? Does that word say that? then the whole covenant is for you. Now, I know when somebody hears this message, if this is the first time you're hearing about me, you, someone may say, well, it's not all about money. You're absolutely right. You should have been here five weeks ago because we spoke about something else. And last year we spoke about something else. And months ago, are you with me? But we don't want to shy away from this vitally important truth. Just in case people wonder why he talks about money. Because no one says, why do you have an altar call every service? Always getting people saved. No, that's what we do. I said, that's what we do. And so the same way your covenant that you have is number one, so that you can be reconciled to your father. That's the, that's the bottom line purpose, is that you may know God as your Lord and as your Savior. Settle that first. Once that is settled, then secondly, you are called to be a blessing to others, to lead others to Jesus. It's the only reason we're still on this planet. Otherwise, we'd be in heaven now. No, we're here to get people saved. Amen. And then, of course, with all of that comes a blessed marriage and blessed relationships and blessed businesses. And, and, and God gives us all of that instruction. And then through all of that, you need finances to do what God's called you to do. Now, how do you know God is a God of increase? That's clear from the word. And of the increase of his government, there will be no end. In other words, the church is going to keep increasing. Now... You know, when I look at my grandson that was just born two months ago, and uh, he's already increased. Uh, how do you know that he's not going to be like that in 20 years' time? You kind of expect him to grow. Isn't that right? 
And as much as you like those little dimpled fingers, the rest of his body can grow, but I like his fingers to stay the way they are. No, everything, the finger, the toes, everything's growing together. So if God's increasing his body, you're going to increase with it. You see that. God fully intends for you to increase. So we need to renew our mind that this is God's plan. God doesn't want his children walking around poor, busted, and disgusted. Look at Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man or woman who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands. Let me see, is there anyone like that yet online? Bump your name and say, this is me. I'm right there. Look there. I'm in the book. Amen. You can write in there, blessed is Alan who fears the Lord. Blessed is, say it. You can use Alan if you want to. I'll receive that. Amen. Use your name. Do you believe that? Are you going to claim this verse? How many claim this verse? How many claim this chapter? This is my chapter. Your descendants, see there's generation, will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. My children are blessed. I make no excuse for it. My grandchildren, blessed. And you say amen. You ready? Read verse 3 out loud. Ready? Go. Is that in your Bible? Oh, but aren't you one of those wealth preachers? Health and wealth. Yes, amen. Guilty as charged. See, we don't just focus on that. See, the enemy tries to take what God wants for you to have and turn it to sound like a bad. You just got to put a little accent on you that health and wealth. You know, like you got to make it sound like a, no, there's nothing negative about it. Lord, prosper you in all things and be in health. Now notice, yeah, this, look at that. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Who? Whose house? The blessed man's house. Any blessed people here? See, now don't look at, at, at what's in your house at the moment. Make a choice. Because, yeah, it says it will be in your house. So I need to renew my mind to that. I see wealth and riches. See, there's a difference. Wealth is every aspect of your life, your family, your relationships, your business, your ministry, your everything God is working in and through your life. And it includes finances, riches of finances. So it's not just, yeah, we have a spiritual life, spiritual, hallelujah, hallelujah, spiritual, spiritual. No, riches, wealth and riches. Amen. Hallelujah. Come with me to Matthew chapter 9. 
You notice something about the children of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt, headed for the promised land. Things were not always comfortable, but God said, I'll never leave you. The cloud was there to cover them from the sun during the day, fire to lead them, keep them warm at night. He was always looking after them, fed them, gave them water. Do you notice how they moaned and complained? But you know, they never moaned about themselves. They kept moaning about their leaders and moaning about the circumstance. And they were moaning about God. It was not their fault. What was the problem? Egypt was still stuck inside them. They wanted to go back. Remember that elastic band? Let's go back to Egypt. What's, what's, what's waiting for you in Egypt? Straw, making straw bricks and eating leeks and onions. You want to go back to that? See, family, we have to renew our mind. We have to stop blaming others. Matthew chapter 9. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came into the house, the blind man came to him and Jesus said, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Why is he asking them? I can't take you past what you believe. Why didn't Jesus just run, come here, I'm Jesus. And boom. No, do you believe? Because it doesn't matter what I say, if you are not able to receive it, you'll walk out that door and that blindness will snap right back. How did you land up blind in the first place? And it doesn't matter how you got to be there, but if you convinced you're blind, therefore blind for the rest of your life, don't get rid of that image inside you. You're always going to be blind. Now, family, that's true not just for physical blindness. That's blind to the gospel, blind to God's will for you, blind for God taking you to another level. You know, when I renewed my mind to how God can increase me to make wealth, you heard Pastor Danny read this morning, this, uh, this evening, how God gives you power to get wealth. When I knew that my source of income, my salary is not sufficient for me to live at the standard that I believe God wants me to live at. I had to look for alternatives and I trusted God to open my mind and start seeing other ways, other avenues of income. And when I learned that, when God started teaching me and showing it to me, all of a sudden I saw opportunities every day. There, 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 there. And I'm thinking, why didn't I see this 10 years ago? Why didn't I see this 20 years ago? If I started what I'm doing today, uh, 30 years ago, I'd be way beyond where I am today. Are you with me? The point I'm making, until I saw it, it was there all the time. It wasn't like, now that I've made a choice to increase, now God introduces this method of investment. No, it was always there. Other people have been using it. But my eyes opened to it. Do you believe you can see? Uh, if, if I'm still looking at my salary, because here's the thing, as long as we think I have to work to get a salary, so if I'm going to increase, well, then I need another job. And then I'll get a second salary. And that's still not enough, so I need a third job. Uh, how many you know there's only 24 hours in the day? You're going to run out of hours eventually. 
You have to start seeing beyond your, your job as your salary, that paid signed check at the end of the month. You've got to look beyond that as God's method of getting finances to you. He's going to show you how to multiply, how to invest in various other ways, have other sources of income. Do you believe that you can see? And so they said to him, yes, Lord. Verse 29, then he touched the eyes and said, according to your race, according to your money, according to your, according to your, according to your faith, let it be to you. And the eyes were opened. See, poverty is not a race issue. Amen. You know me well enough. That's not a political statement. I'm calling what the enemies tried to confuse us with. Well, you don't understand. You weren't there and you don't know what it's like to go. I, I, I get all of that. But how many know I don't have to be an alcoholic to help an alcoholic get saved? I don't need to understand a divorced home to say, God will bless your marriage if you trip. Are you with me? I don't have to understand the woman who's been through abortion to say, God's now your father and he's your husband and he will heal you and restore you. He forgives you and you can come back to life. Are you with me? So I want you to understand the enemy has lied to many, many nations, but particularly here in South Africa because of a broken system He's got people to think that if you're born a certain way, that you're stuck there. I don't care what government's in place. I don't care what laws are in place. I don't care what man says, what people say, what teachers have said. I don't care what anybody has ever said. No one can stop you from becoming what God's called you to do. You have to see that. You have to believe that. Well, that's just the family you were born into, son. Ah, 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 I'm born into the kingdom of God. I have a father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I have the one who says the gold and the silver is mine. My daddy owns all the gold and the silver. That's my inheritance. Amen. And so family of God, do you believe? Now I understand. People get upset and they, you know, have a problem. You know that, Pastor Allen down there. Okay, let's address that. Matthew 15, verse 12. Jesus, his disciples came and said to him, do you know the Pharisees were offended when they heard the saying? They were offended. They were offended. Family of God, how do you know that there are people who won't understand? No matter how much I rephrase things. It's happened. I'll say something and I realize it's sensitive. So you know me. I'll always make sure it's backed by scripture. And I'll make sure that you understand I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to it. And I want you to understand I'm not prejudiced. I'm trying to help an issue. You know that? And yet someone will say, yeah, you, you this and you that. And they'll come back with an accusation. I get that. I mean, if Jesus, if they go, oh, come on. Jesus. 
He's the word. Come on. He's the, he's the author. He's never wrong. He was tempted in all things, yet without sin. So that means whatever he said, there was zero prejudice in it, zero sin in it, zero uh, judgmental, zero criticism. Everything he said was from a source of love. And the Pharisees were offended. They were offended. Why? Verse 13. Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted, will be uprooted. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Both will fall into a ditch. So there are people that don't see. They cannot see it. And Jesus says, you understand, if people who don't see, they're going to try and lead others to not see it. I'm sure many of you have come across on YouTube and things like that. No? Am I the only one that's seen? And they want to talk you out of God's prosperity. They want to talk you out of His blessing. And these are preachers. What is it? Blind leading the blind. It's like I said before. If you don't think I should be prospering, leave me alone. If you don't want it, don't take it. Yeah, but you're leading other people. You're giving them a false hope. Didn't Jesus say, hang on, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's keep reading and we'll get there. So, let's make sure I get there. Well, let me say it now, just so I don't miss it later. Did Jesus not say, with him all things are possible? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you believe God heals, why don't you just go pray for all cancer? Well, again, do you believe the person receiving? Do you believe you will receive? But how many recognize the very first person, yeah, in South Africa, who did the heart transplant, Dr. Christian Bonner? How many of you know that before then they didn't think it was possible? But he believed. You may have had people say, don't, don't, no. If you, if you take someone's heart out, you could kill them. They're, they're dead. And then what are you going to do? But he refused to give up. Why? Because he believed. He believed. Are you with me? What am I saying? You will never get to something until you first believe it. Amen. So I'm not talking to people that are trying to be religious and, and stay away from all these things. I'm talking to people that say, if God has it for me, I want to reach for it. Is there, am I in the right building here tonight? Let me see. In our campuses, are we in the right place? And so Jesus says yeah. Uh, verse 15, afterwards they say, can you explain this parable to us? And Jesus said, are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. And that's what defiles a man. What's he saying? What you say programs you and it becomes a tree. Now here's the thing about a tree. I've never seen an apple tree produce oranges. But I want oranges. You're an apple tree. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I want oranges. Then you need to change what tree you are. Your circumstance today, your life today is fruit coming out of a tree. It's got nothing to do with your uncle, your daddy, your mom, your education, your race, your whatever. It's got nothing to do with that. What's coming out of my life is because of a tree that's inside me. Now, the problem is when you identify the fruit. See, that's why I'm saying if you are where you are today, it's because of what you think. It's what you said. It's your decision. There are people that say, how dare you? You don't know where I've come from. See, there's the tree. There's that, there's that offense. You're offended because I'm challenging your protocol, your lifestyle, your comfort zone. That's where the offense comes from. Jesus did things that represented the kingdom, but violated the Pharisees' law system. But they weren't prepared to change. So when they challenged them, saying, you know, you're right. They got offended. Why? Because the tree was poisonous. It wasn't the speaker. I'm not your problem. It's your tree. And every tree that came into your life came as a seed. Somewhere, somebody said something. And you didn't deal with it. So it produced the tree. Now, I'm not criticizing you. I did the same. It's in ignorance. There are things we said. There are things we heard our parents saying, and we started saying it. And then we found out later, that's wrong thinking. That's bad. Oh, but dad and mom said it all their life. Now, I don't make that as an excuse. Well, that's the way we were brought up. What you see is what you get. That's me. No, I have to change the tree. I said, I have to change the tree. Come on. Have you say amen to that? Look at Luke chapter 17. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree. Now the King James is sycamine tree and I'll show you why now. You will say to this tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Come on. Now notice it says here in verse 13 of Matthew 15, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. How do we do that? He shows you here by faith. A sycamine tree, if you do a study on it, it's a mulberry tree that has mulberries that, 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 that or let's put it the way, figs that look like mulberry. But they are very poison. They, they, they are not poison. They're very bitter. They look tasty. You take it on them. Wow, this looks down. That's a sycamine tree. The fruit looks nice till you taste it. How you know? There's some people. You, 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 they look nice. You look good, and then you taste the fruit. So it's that fruit. So that tree comes from a root which was a seed sown. But that's not the rest of your life. 
God has given you the power and the authority by faith to say, I don't want that tree in my life. My dad may have been poor. My granddad may have been struggling. My great, great granddad always, you know, did this patchy, patchy jobs, whatever. and, And I bless them. They didn't know any better. But I do know today. So I'm taking that root and I'm pulling it out. Father, I don't want that root in my life. I don't want prejudice in my life. I don't want lack. I don't want poverty. That, that bloodline of heart attacks, uh-uh. I'm taking that out. The, 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 the last one that had a heart attack was my father. No more. It might have been grandpa and great-grandpa. Then they said, doctor even said, yeah, I know you got a few more months to live. No doctor has the right to tell you how long you're going to live. That's not his place. I know he's trying to do his job and God bless him, but whether I live or die is in the power of my tongue. I have to change the route. I can look a doctor in the face that says your wife is about to go onto a ventilator and I'm going to call you in to come say goodbye. And I have a right to say, no, no, that, that, I won't let that in as a seed. Uh-uh, you're not putting her on a ventilator. But sir, you've got to be realistic. No! I'm staying with the Word of God. I won't let those seeds in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to watch what you're saying. Watch how you program your mind. You are a product of what's written on your hard drive. It's time for a software upgrade. How do you do that? Joshua 1.8. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate in it. How often? Why? So that you got something to do. Observe to do. Do what's written in it. Then, then you might. If you're lucky. You will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. Meditation is how you do software upgrade to your hard drive. Your inner man. Meditation. You have to reprogram the inner man. Now a lot of what we believe came from years and years and years and years and years. Marketing knows that. Come on. They, they keep throwing in front of you. Here's a Coke. Have a Coke. And hot day. A lot of people having fun, music. Water running down the bottle. You're not even thinking about Coke. But have a Coke. Have a Coke. Everywhere you go, you walk, drive down, there's a bubble. Have a Coke. And you go down there in the TV, have a Coke. And then you put it up and watching, have a Coke. And, you know, and then you're in the supermarket and you don't know why there's a Coke in your, in your, in your trolley. <laughs> you were programmed. You got to the go, oh yeah, Coke. Isn't that right? See, it's that years and years of programming that we have to renew our mind to. This is, this is God's promise to us. Have a look. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor. Why? That you through His poverty might become poor, just like Him. Your Jesus was poor and you, you know. No, 
He became poor so that you might be made rich. Is that what your Bible says? That's spiritual riches. I'm glad you brought that up. If you want to go look it up, it's Strong's number 4147. That word rich is the word plo-t-o. P-L-O-U-T-E-O. To be or become wealthy. Be increased with goods. To be rich. To have an abundance of outward possessions. The Greek word used was very specifically chosen. It's not just about spiritual. God's covenant is for you to be wealthy. That's his promise. So how do you access this? Because it's his word. We have to renew our minds. Everybody say renew our minds. minds. Amen. So I need to take scriptures and convince myself this is God's will for me. You have to convince yourself. You have to get beyond any apologetics. Don't let anyone talk you out of this. Secondly, what is it that you need to see in your life? Start generating an inner image. Maybe you need to get a poster of it. What is that house that you want to live in? Go get a photo of it. Put it up. See that as yours. Develop that inner image. What is that car that you're wanting? What is that job? You need to put that picture up so that you can start seeing yourself in that. See yourself doing that. Amen. Uh, I will never be without cash on me. Now, there was a day when I used to hunt for coins in the, in the ashtray. Are you with me? But I, this is just something that you might want to use. It's not a magic trick. It's, it's part of the reprogramming. I make sure I've always got at least a 200 rand note on me. I try to have more. Why? Because there's people around me that I want to bless. Are you with me? And if I ever break a 200, I make sure I get another one and put it back. Why? Because every time I open it, I want to see it. So I'm thinking, wow, I just wish I had 200. You see, it's time to pre-program. I keep that as an image in front of me, so I will never be without cash. Okay, no, 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 no. See, now we're talking about that offense of the tree. Just get rid of that. You should be saying, me too. You've got to see yourself as, as rich. Amen. Drive up to a petrol station, 10 rand, please. Well, that's not going to get you around the block today. It's like, what, 10 rand? (laughs) No, fill it up. Fill it up. Fill it up. You see already, your hand can be shaking, you know, like, go ahead and do it. Why? Because that's what rich people do. Rich people don't say, what's petrol today? They drive up and say, fill up. Isn't that right? (laughs) Family, don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't have. It's time to believe these things. I said it's time to believe it. See yourself living in those places. See yourself driving up there. 
Janine and I were believing, you've heard this before, but just for those that haven't, we were believing to, to buy a house. And the owner was sticky about it, but praise God, he had already given us, the Lord had given us, that is our house. We would go and drive, one day we were busy driving home from somewhere, and I drove to that house. And Janine says, where are you going? We live that way. I said, we're going home. And she got it immediately. We drove up onto the driveway and said, praise God, this is, we are now home, so let's go stay in the place we're renting now. So we're going to go sleep there tonight. And then if we went somewhere, I first went back home and then went somewhere. So I went from home to work. Are you with me? We always drove home and then we went to the place we were renting for a while. It wasn't long after that, we moved and I went, the garage opened because now it's mine. I drove into it. Program that inner man. See, now a lot of people don't do this. They go, hallelujah, amen. But what's going to happen next year? I want you to be increased next year. When you look back next year at today, you're going to be shocked and amazed. I said, it's time for this increase to happen. Now remember Mark chapter 4, verse 26. The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Sleeps by night, rises by day, the seed sprouts and grows. He himself does not know how. The earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. When the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Remember, God has given you your increase. He's given you your promotion. He's given you your bonus, but it's in seed form. Now, seed only produces when it's planted. Now, seed and harvest is not a promise. It's a law. Wealth and riches is a promise. But wealth and riches don't happen until you apply the law. But the problem is, think about this. What is the enemy's responsibility. What, not his responsibility. What, what's, his, what's he trying to do? What's his job? Steal, kill, and destroy. What? Your belief in that seed. You see, he's trying to talk you into staying where you are. He's trying to give you every reason you should be poor. Every reason you should be struggling. Give you every excuse in the book. He will tell you, now it's that one, it's this one, and that preacher. Did you listen to him? He doesn't even understand. He doesn't, he's trying, somehow he's trying to get that offense to happen. He's trying to program you to say what he wants to do to keep you in where you belong. You see that? But family God, you have to make a choice. That I'm not going to let that happen ever again. Because I'm not going to let the devil tell me what I can and cannot have. I'm choosing to believe God's word. And I'm choosing to take his truth. And the promise of God is that I will have wealth and riches in my house. And I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of it. I don't want anybody to talk you out of it. So now if I want to adjust this and change it, I need to now go ahead and sow that seed because there's a harvest promised. 
but I have to apply the law. I have to put the law into action. And as long as the enemy can convince me that I have a destiny of lack and poverty, then I will never give my best and I will never give my most. Because I think it's my last. What am I going to use tomorrow? Why? Because if you can keep that seed in your hand, you will never get to the harvest. But it is a promise. No farmer puts seed in the ground thinking, I hope this works this time. Now I'm saying that because I know people have corrupt trees. I've had somebody just recently come. They said that they... You know, they, they just can't walk in covenant with us anymore. Firstly, covenant can never be broken. So the very fact you say, I can no longer be in covenant with you. Okay, so now you don't understand covenant. You were here while everything was comfortable. But here's what I'm saying. That they were upset because they've sown so much and haven't seen the result. That's not on me. Come on. You see, what's happened is they didn't really believe that it would produce. Oh, how can you say that, Pastor? Based on the comment. I've sown and I didn't see a result. So what are you saying? It didn't happen in my time. It may have been here in the next 24 hours. Maybe God was like... <laughs> <laughs> And you go, oh, this doesn't work. God can't violate that statement. You were 24 hours away from a breakthrough. That's what that man said to the prophet. And remember, there was that siege and he said, this time tomorrow it's going to be plenty and it's going to be cheap. I don't see that happening. Even if God did it, no, it can't happen. 24 hours? He says, yeah, but you will not eat it. It was dead, 24 hours away, but he tree was corrupted. Family, it's time to root out that tree and set up your future with your harvest. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, this I say, he who sows sparingly will have a small tree. He who sows bountifully We'll have a large tree, multiple, bountiful harvests. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. What will your tree allow you to do? How far are you willing to take this? Not grudgingly of necessity, God loves a cheerful giver. And now God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That's the promise, the abundance. The law is the sowing, but a law works. And who does it work for? Who does the law work for? How many of you got something in your hand? Hold it in there. Let it go. Where did it go? Anyone's go up? Sideways. Everybody's went down? Why? It's governed by a law. How many of you know if I found a total atheist that would work for him as well? See, laws work for whoever. 
But the difference with this whoever, you are that blessed man. Where God said there will be wealth and riches in your house. That is God's promise. You put the law to work. God is able to make that grace abound. And you will see increase. Amen. Amen. It's time, family. I said it's time. We are seeing this year out and whatever the enemy's stolen over the last three, four years is being restored. There's a great restoration. Great restoration. And you can kick that into... <laughs> it's time for it to happen. Amen.